Hey, SalesLift Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have my mom, Amy Pickens, on the podcast, a 30-year sales veteran. Hey, mom, how are you today? Good morning. I'm good. All right. Uh, We are coming to you live from my den. So this is the first actual live episode we've done. Because of COVID, we've been doing all remote interviews, but today is the first live episode. So bear with us. We have my seven-year-old son, Curtis, on the soundboard today. So we'll see how it goes. He's very excited. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not you are born with sales skills. Is that something that's born or is that something that can be developed? What are your thoughts, mom? Well, I definitely think that you are born with a propensity to have that sales personality. Tyler obviously was born with that, and I was born with that. However, you can hone those skills as a parent, or you can try to hush those skills. (laughs) So did you hone or hush with me? Definitely hone. Hone. Definitely hone. So talk about some of the things that you did as a parent to hone those sales skills in your child as you brought me up. Yes. The first thing is that I am a big communicator. So I like to talk and obviously Tyler got that. (laughs) And I encouraged him to talk not only to his peers, but to adults as well. We also talked between ourselves all the time. I had this wonderful opportunity of driving him to school and we would do question and answer games, even as a small child. And He was very good at that, (laughs) like very much better than the rest of my children. (laughs) Tell everybody more about this. What was the question and answer game that we played? Tell us a little bit more about that. So we would start out normally with doing a rhyming game. (laughs) And so I would say a sentence and his goal would be to rhyme me. And I was supposed to rhyme back and rhyme back and rhyme back. And we could go on for miles in the car (laughs) rhyming. And it would be so funny because whatever we said really did work. It worked. He was very quick on his feet, very quick on his feet. I have four children, so I had some head-to-head comparisons. Nobody (laughs) came within miles of Tyler playing that game. It was funny. Interesting. Okay, interesting. So it sounds like that game taught improvisational skills. Correct. Uh, What other skills do you think that game developed? Just being willing to put yourself out there if you're going to make a mistake, Mm. it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in the car with your mom. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) The stakes are low, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The stakes are very low. And if you made a mistake, we laughed it off. And I think that that's worked very well for Tyler because he's been willing to make a lot of mistakes. Right. And in sales, you make a lot of mistakes. Like you get a lot more no's than you do yeses. Oh, So you have to be able to handle no and mistakes. So you need to hone those skills. Like Everybody doesn't always win. That's not a good thing to teach your children. Exactly. And not only that, but you have to be comfortable trying new things. Correct. Trying new things is hard. Like we're trying a new thing right now, recording a podcast with my two kids running around the den and things are likely to go wrong, but you have to be comfortable in that type of an environment. Correct. Yeah. And that brings me to another thing that happened with Tyler growing up is he wanted to try a lot of different things. And I tried to embrace that instead of it driving me crazy, which it drove me crazy. But he (laughs) wanted to try a lot of different things, a lot of sports, a lot of music things. And everything that he wanted to try, I tried to embrace that and help him go down that avenue. And then he would change his mind, you know, and go another (laughs) direction. And he was pretty good at everything he tried, but he kept 
changing around. And he, if we named everything, it would take us the whole podcast that he tried. <laughs> and some things he was better than other. But I think that's important for a parent to let the child choose what they want to hone and go that direction. And then maybe they're not good at it and they want to do something else, even though the parent might want them to be good at football or basketball or soccer or whatever. Exactly. And when you say he, just so everybody, that you're referring to me, right? Correct. So feel free to say he or me. Either right. way, you can refer right. me as you. But, but this is my mom on the podcast. Her name's Amy, visiting me today. And so tell us a little bit about, you were a working mom. You were in yes. sales. What was that like, working in sales as well as raising a family? What was that dynamic like for you? So I had four children and I worked full-time as a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. I traveled. I had long hours. So it was like a juggling act. <laughs> it was a juggling act. I had a lot of help. I had babysitters. I had a full-time working, very busy husband who was a doctor, so he wasn't home very much. So the other thing that does is it causes the children to have to have a lot of responsibilities. So my older children help with the younger children. Everybody, we had a system for laundry. <laughs> my kids were probably the first ones at school and the last ones to be picked up. <laughs> but it worked. And they knew that I liked what I was doing and I was happy with what I was doing. Of course, there's some negatives. Right. Of course, there's some negatives right. to that. So I didn't spend as much time with my kids as a stay-at-home mom, which right. my mother was. So there was some guilt in that. But you have to choose. Mm -hmm. You have to pick and choose. And that was what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me happy. And how sales did you find? Were you working early in the morning before kids woke up or late at night after kids went to bed? Or did you try to just say, I'm going to get whatever I can done during those working hours and then put it to the side in the morning or at night? Because I know a lot of people in sales will bring it home with them and they'll, and they'll work all hours, many hours. Did you try to avoid that or did you try to sneak that in when you could? I had to avoid it because I had so much to do at home with four kids. In the morning when I got up, my goal was to get everybody dressed, lunch, into school. I put on warm-up pants and did that. <laughs> and then I came back home and got ready early and started my job by 8 a.m. And I gave everything I had from 8 to 4.30 or 5. Mm -hmm. Everything I had. And then when I came home, I had to give everything I had to the family. Yep. When everybody went to bed is when I would do, like when I started out, we didn't have computers. That's how old I am. <laughs> but I tried to do my paperwork or my computer work eventually at night after I got the kids to bed. And then, of course, there had to be some weekend, like getting ready on Sunday nights to go to work yep. on Monday or maybe some Saturday stuff. But I tried to avoid that to give quality time to the family. It's a lesson that I try to teach young sales reps, this idea of time blocking, yes. where you're on during these times and you're off during these times. Because we naturally, as human beings, can't be on 24-7. It's impossible. No matter what. Because you'll burn out. Right. No matter what our managers or bosses might think, like we have right. a finite amount of time that we can Correct. devote to work and Correct. still be productive. It sounds like that idea where you were on allowed you to be fully on and yes. then fully off, at least work-wise and yes. sales-wise. It sounds like that balance was good for you. It was, And I'll throw in a pointer here because you need to tell your manager, your boss, your coworkers, that when you're at home at night with your family cooking and doing homework, you're off. Please don't call me during those hours. Send me an email. I'll respond to it when I can. But please respect my time. And I found when I first started in sales, I was one of the few women working mm -hmm. in my district. So I found that when I set the parameters, that they respected that. 
Was it a hard conversation to have though initially? Like, did Very. You, did you have to build up that confidence throughout your sales career or did you try to set those boundaries initially when you started in sales? When I first started in sales, I already had two children mm-hmm. and eventually had two more. And I did say, I have a lot of responsibility at home. Mm. I do have a lot of responsibility at home. I am a hard worker. I'm going to give you everything I have. I will do a good job. As a side note, I'm also an RN. A nurse. So I was working in the medical field. So I felt like I had a unique skill set to bring to them. But I also was unique in that I'm a mother too. (laughs) And that's very important to me. And I need to be able to have time to do that job as well. And that, of course, my manager was a man. Right. Of course he was. (laughs) And so that was a learning experience. I feel like now you don't have to set those boundaries quite as hard because there's so many women in sales now. But when I started, we were blazing the path. There's still an element of wanting to set those boundaries. And that can be difficult whether you are a woman or whether you're new to sales. It's hard to go in and say, these are things that I have going on in my life outside of sales. Because most people think the expectation is that you're going to be always on, it's always impossible. selling. It's yep. impossible. It's By the impossible. way, men need to do that as well. Interesting. Yeah, Men need to do that as well because you need to be a father and you need downtime. You need to not be on all the time. Do you think men have a hard time doing that? I do. Why do you think? Just because Because traditionally, <laughs> not that there's traditional, the woman does more and is expected in our society to do more with children and home. Mm-hmm. But- Women expect men to help more now, the younger generation. So I think men need to set that boundary with their manager, not in a negative way. That makes me a better person. If I'm a better father and I'm a better husband, I will be a better sales rep Mm -hmm. because you need to be a whole person. Yeah, it's one thing that I try to bring up almost in the interview process, the fact that I am a dad because I am a younger dad and a lot of my peers aren't. And I wanted to set that expectation that I am going to shut it off at a certain point, a certain time of night, and I won't be available for these hours. And I am going to have commitments related to my kids. Yes. And I tried to set that expectation before I even started so that they knew I I didn't fall into that other bucket of I'm young and I've got unlimited bandwidth and I'll just give you all 24 Right. Seven, I'll be on. And people become respectful of that. And if you're good at what you do, they're pretty amazed that you can juggle all that and do as well as you do. Yeah. I won many awards with four children and working <laughs> for, and having time off from what I did. I won many awards because I was good at what I did. And even my customers respected that I was a mother. And juggling a lot of stuff. Let's talk about that dynamic. Did you bring up the fact that you were a mother to your customers? Was that something as you're trying Absolutely. to build relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. Because one of my skill sets was I always tried to have one thing in common <laughs> with my customer. Okay. And a lot of times that will be children. Right. And I had a lot of Especially the ages. later you get in your yeah. career where everyone you're speaking to is, well, not everyone, but most people are likely to have kids. Correct. And so that might be my kid plays soccer, my kid plays the guitar, my kid went to Clemson or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It instantly gives you a connection with mm-hmm. your customer. And that's so important no matter what you're selling. Right. It doesn't matter. That's part of the personal connection. Or you look on their wall and see where they went to school and let's look at that or something that makes it important right. to the customer. So that really helped me because I had a broad array. Right. You had lots to talk about. I had lots to talk right. about. And I used my children as a background a lot of times. Yeah. That's interesting. I think folks are 
sometimes reticent to maybe try to make that personal connection. But I try to tell my reps that nothing really happens until you have a human conversation. Yes, it doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter what you're selling. You can't do it over email. You can't do it on LinkedIn. You've got to do it either face-to-face or on the phone, but nothing really happens until you start having that conversation and hopefully make a little bit of a connection. Even if it's just a small connection, that's better than the alternative. It makes all the difference because that's what the customer will remember about you. (laughs) You you don't think that, so they won't remember your product, your service, your pamphlet, everything you gave to them. They won't remember that. They're more likely to remember you, right? They remember you and then they'll associate your product with you as you grow your relationship, but there has to be that connection first. That's how I became successful. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Like at HubSpot, we said it's how you sell. It's not what you sell, it's how you sell. Absolutely. And how you sell this day and age, so much is indicative on the actual human being, right? Like we are the actual, a part of the product now because- Folks can find all the information they want to about our products online. They have all this information available to them. We're not information givers. No. We are connectors. We are human beings. We are giving them something more than just our website or what our products can do for them. So you want them to want to help you. (laughs) You want them to want to help you. How do you get that kind of buy-in, though? Because Outside of, is it just making that human connection? How do you get your customer to want to help you? When they see you as a person versus an X selling <laughs> because there's so much competition in pharmaceuticals. They, there was 10 products they could probably use instead of mine, and they were all fairly similar. So you have to set your personal self apart as, I'm going to be there. I'm going to answer your questions. Mm-hmm. I care about you. I want to know about your school or your family or whatever's yep. in your car, your guitar, whatever it is that's important to them. I want to hear that. And the next time I come, I'm going to remember that we talked about that. And I'm going to say, oh, how'd that go? How was your guitar lesson? How did you remember it? Were you just good at taking notes when you left? Or did you so just have a great memory? Initially, <laughs> I had a little card system. And every time I made a call, on a, every single time, you don't have a connection. But if I had something that I thought was important, I would jot it down. Then eventually, I put that in my computer on my where I was talking about my call, right. it's so important for them to remember, know that you. it was important enough to you to remember something about them. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not just sales. That's every relationship. Right. Like, don't you want to feel like you're important? It's like when you hear someone remembers your name, Correct. right? When someone says, hey, Amy, or it hey, matters. Tyler, it matters because, oh, wow, they remembered my name. Correct. And, oh, wow, they remember my kid's name. And then they remembered something else about me. That it's immediately- It's so simple, but it's so important. Right. It's so simple. It's almost like we overcomplicate sales sometimes. Absolutely. There's all these different methodologies and there's all these different things that you can do. But if you're not good at just making, to go back to our original Mm -hmm. theme of building those kind of instinctual skills of just being able to talk to a stranger. Correct. Which starts as a child. Absolutely. like, Like my son, who's seven, loves to go to the pool and talk to the lifeguard. And he's really good at it, yeah. He's, he's good, good at, at it, but it's because we talk to him a lot and, and we have those conversations. That's been emulated to him. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like it was from you to me, it can be passed down. It can. Right, it can be. And those skills are important to, de- I think 
the earlier you develop them, the stronger they will be when someone gets into their 20s and into their career. And then that is a huge differentiation point for that person in their 20s versus the people who cannot talk to a stranger. Correct. And there are people that cannot talk to a stranger. There really are. My parents your grandparents could talk to anybody. Like we would stay forever in the grocery store at checkout because (laughs) we would have to catch up with the cashier, you know? So I learned that from my parents and my parents did not sell anything. Right. Except they were just friendly and outgoing people. But that's so important for your kids to see and to see you emulate is just how do you talk to someone? Do you look at them in the eye? Do you care? Do they feel like you care about what they're saying? And you may not see these people, but two or three times a year. But if you remember something about them, that just means so much. I can't say enough about that because I've been through every sales skill (laughs) course that you can imagine in 30 years. And the basic thing that I did that other people didn't do is I really honed in on my customers and I cared about something. Mm -hmm. Of course, that doesn't work 100% of the time because some people don't want to be connected with. But most people... I'd say most people I called on, maybe 85 or 90%, wanted me to know something about them and connect with them and remember that for the next time because it makes you feel good about yourself. And do you think that's something that maybe your competitors, like the folks that were selling competing products, do you think that's something maybe they missed on? Or do you think that most people are trying to make that connection in sales? I think that a lot of people don't have that skill set. Really? Interesting. I think the good people in sales have it. Yeah. Do you think it's instinctual though? Or do you think it's a skill that can be developed? Like caring about the person, making that personal connection. We talked about being able to develop it in your child early on, but let's say you don't develop it in in childhood. You don't have that dynamic and you're 25 and you get thrown out into sales and you're trying to figure that out. Can you figure that? Can you develop that skill? I would say someone can help you with that, Mm -hmm. with coaching. And that's why Tyler's so good at coaching. (laughs) But it's something you would have to work on and want to be better at. Because if it doesn't come natural and it's not something you've always done, it's something you really have to think about. Like with Tyler and myself and even my parents, we don't have to think about it. It's just part of what we do. It's part of what we do. So if that's not part of what you do, you'll have to work on it and you'll have to work that into your psyche so that becomes more natural but of course someone can learn that with help of course they can learn that but it can be it's uncomfortable and that's uncomfortable you got to be the person that does the rhyming game yeah you got to step out of your comfort zone yeah but you can learn the rhyming game in your 20s right or 20s or your 30s there's no there's no statute of limitations on oh you didn't do that in your growing up you can't be good at that probably you should do that later in life (laughs) you know why because it's fun and it's a good way for you to to feel uncomfortable in a fun way. Exactly. And we have to be, I tell my reps this a lot, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Correct. That feeling's not going to go away. Correct. You'll always be uncomfortable. If I were to pick up the phone right now and make a cold call, I would be uncomfortable. Yes. However, because I've done it a lot of times and because I coach reps on how to do it and I listen to cold calls all the time, I'm in that arena I wouldn't be as nervous as maybe the person starting yesterday and they making their first cold call ever. Hello, please don't buy my product. (laughs) Please don't buy it because I feel so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) But folks can sense that on the phone. They can. They can sense it on the phone. They can, whether you're in on the phone, you're in person, even on an email, they can sense that hesitancy. Correct. And I think that's what we have to try to coach. That's what I'm trying to teach is that soft skill of, of confidence. Correct. And it comes across in your tone. It it comes across in, 
and yeah. everything that you do. Stick and, your chest out. Feel right. like I'm going to win today. <laughs> right. Stand up. Uh-huh. Stand up. Stand up on the desk. Yop. It's yep. like the yep. from Dead Poet Society. I mean, you right. have to you have right. to teach those Garby. folks how yep. to be confident. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's funny. So one one thing that we would do um, in pharma, this is a funny thing, is we would put a little note card in our car on our visor. Yep. I'm going to have a good day. <laughs> I am a winner. I can do the, all these just things that you wanted to feel every day. Just a reminder to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be good today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk with someone about whatever it is your goal is. And just reinforce that feeling to yourself that I'm going to mm-hmm. be a winner. Mm-hmm. I am a winner today. Yeah. But seeing that visually... Yes. Especially where you always are, whether that's your desk. Yeah, I lived or in my car. You lived in your car, at the desk, <laughs> at the office, wherever it might be. Yep. Seeing that affirmation yep. continually was helpful, it sounds like. Yes. It just reminds you every morning, okay, I got the kids to school. Okay, now what? <laughs> okay, now I'm going to put on my armor and go out to these people who don't want to see me and don't want to listen to me. I'm going to make sure they hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. and they feel positive after I've left. Yep, yep. Any other pieces of advice you give to uh, either folks new to sales, sales leaders out there, anything else that we haven't touched on that you think would be relevant? The only thing in, in a wrap-up type way is try to let your personality come out. Try to let yourself sell. Don't get in the way of yourself. Let your personality shine through and don't be ashamed of that. Be proud mm. of it. Whatever your quirk is, right. that's what makes you unique and that's what people remember. Right. It's something that you, is unique about about you. you right. know, do they look me in the eye? Do they care about what I'm all about? Did they notice what was on my desk or my wall or in my car? It doesn't matter enough because I will tell you that a lot of people don't care mm-hmm. and they know that. Mm-hmm. So if you're set apart caring about someone, it just makes it makes all the difference. And that's such a skill that you just have to, that's something that your manager can't really tell you to do, right? Correct. You, you just have to, you either care or you don't. Correct. You either care or you don't. Correct. And, and people need, know. Yes, exactly. And it shines through. It does. So if you're, if you don't care, you need to figure out why you don't care. Right. Is it because you don't want to be in sales? Are you in the wrong job? Are you in the wrong job? Right. Are you in the wrong company? Right. Are you not passionate about the product? Whatever right. it is, if you don't care, you're not going to be successful. You're not. You're not. And I've seen a lot of turnover <laughs> because of that. Right. Yeah. But as there should be turnover, because right. if you don't care, you should go find something. Life is right. too short. You should go you're find not something gonna be happy. that you're passionate about. Correct. Whether that's a different sales role or a different company. Right. Maybe it's to get out of sales entirely because right. sales is not for everybody. It is definitely not. <laughs> lots of no's. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of, of no's. Awesome. Well, appreciate mom. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed having you. And and we'll have to do it again. We'll do part two sometime next part time you're two. down. So. So, yeah. uh, all right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.